0: Oh my god, Alexis. Yes, Kaylee. Juliet is in the house. Oh my gosh! Real Live Juliet on the podcast today.
1: This is our friend Amanda, and Kaylee and I have been calling her our Juliet for a very, very long time. Like, almost as long as we've been calling ourselves Sean and Gus.
0: Yeah, basically high school (laughs) at some
1: point. Yeah. Yeah. So Amanda, our Juliet, is here with us. Do you want to intro yourself at all or anything? Do you want to? Hi, I'm
2: Amanda. That's <laughs> there my go. that's my given name, my birth name, Amanda, um, otherwise known as Juliet.
1: I love it. We are, as we often say, real life Sean's and real life guesses here with our real life Juliet to talk about our favorite show. But I tend to get into that in our actual intro. So I just want to point out here that in this episode, Juliet is thirsty. Oh, aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> I mean Lou Diamond Phillips. Uh.
0: Oh, my gosh. And correct me if I'm wrong. We definitely had a Lou Diamond Phillips reference somewhere in season one. Did we not?
1: I probably if I'm, I don't know.
0: I'm going to say it. If I'm wrong, come at me, bro. Email us. Yes. (laughs) Email us
1: at to the blueberry podcast at gmail.com. One more time. That's to the blueberry podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear your thoughts on Lou Diamond Phillips, even if you're thirsty. But I wanted to say that I don't think our Juliet is quite as thirsty as this Juliet, but...
2: Uh, well, I don't know. There was that, you know, one scene.
0: She does have some French bulldog dreams about the rock.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah,
1: there yeah. was that one scene at the end. Yeah. Our closing was... scene. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Good stuff. I felt... I felt dirty after Mm -hmm. watching that
0: scene.
2: I was waiting for it to be a dream.
0: (laughs) And then I I, I kind of was surprised by, like, how not into it she ended up being because it was super weird.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because she had that attraction and it was very, very obvious. But she also did not take any steps to try to ignite it, if you will
2: yeah yeah she really didn't Mm -mm. just in her mind really Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i mean which maybe is where we all think about him
0: (laughs) it's like yes but if you're approached aggressively like that how do you actually (laughs) react (laughs) good point good point yep (laughs) Ooh. well should we get into it i say we do it showtime
1: This is To the the Blueberry! blueberry. I am Alexis. I am a real-life guest. I'm Kaylee. I'm a real-life Sean. And today on To the Blueberry,
2: I'm Amanda, and I am a real-life Juliet.
1: (laughs) We are here to talk about Kaylee and I's favorite show, Psych. Specifically today, Season 2, Episode 3, Psy versus Psy. Which is Before just like start. Mad Magazine's Spy versus Spy. Thank you. I knew it was something. I didn't know what it was, though. Uh, so, first
0: reference of the episode. Flashback.
1: No year. Okay, Oddly did it not odd. have a year? Because I couldn't see the year. No year. We are sitting at Mr. Petlick's desk, who is one of Sean's school teachers, principals, counselors, something like that. They're talking about a permission slip that Henry signed for Sean, but apparently Henry said, no, 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 I did not sign that. Petlick pulls out three other permission slips, and he looks at those, and he's like, yes, this is mine. Yes, this is mine. Yes, this is mine. No, that is not mine. And Mr. Petlick's like, what? There's no way that little nine-year-old, little little, little baby Sean number four. Three. Three. I think it's been three. Four. Three? I think we're still on three. Okay. There's no way little baby Sean number three – was talented enough to forge your signature
0: but henry's like immediately dropping words like forged serious charges see you in court hold up in court (laughs) expert witness like he's at 11
1: (laughs) yeah
2: petlick does not know what to do with him or who he has in front of him that's for sure
1: absolutely not (laughs) He is a vice president of a middle school. I did write that down, but farther along in my notes. Vice principal of a middle school. Thank you.
0: (laughs) He's the vice president of the middle school. Middle school, dang
1: it. He said that he is not a handwriting expert, but he did take a class. And the way Henry draws his end, it means that he is open with childlike kindness. Little Sean is
0: guffawing into his hand at this point.
1: He's laughing. Henry's just got this, uh, no look on his face. The principal's like, uh, okay, maybe I'm wrong. It was just a one night class. And then Henry schools him and points out that the R in Henry's name had a pen lift and a hesitation mark. And don't you think that he would know how to spell his own name?
0: It's like, who hesitates when they're actually signing their own signature?
1: Sean tries to get out of it. I think Mr. like might be on to something. They and look MVP. awfully identical
0: to me. And yeah, <laughs> we fade into the present and we're at SBPD. Gus and Sean are walking up and we see a, a, like a shiny black shoe being tied. And they're making fun of Lassie, the person we think is tying the shoe, because they're hidden behind a pillar. And they're like... Tie the bunny ears, sweep it through the... T- I don't even know what he says, honestly. As soon as this person moves, we see, oh, that's not Lassie. No, 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 no.
1: This is Lou Diamond Phillips, as we were talking about earlier, and he is Special Agent Lars Ewing of the FTD, to which Sean replies, you're a florist? Ewing goes, no, the Federal Treasury Department. Sean, we have a department that's exclusively for treasures? <laughs>
0: I love this. Uh, I wrote Lars Ewing. Yum. <laughs> but I love that we get a character whose name is Lars, but it's never talked about from here on out. We make a lot of funny jokes. Sean and Gus are peppering him with questions and comments, and he's like, This goes against every federal bone
1: in my body, but um, who are you? The federal bone? Is that connected to the knee bone? Or the hip bone? Uh, he, he goes. I know what bone it's going to connect with. (laughs) And then he walks away angrily and Gus goes, not the funny bone. Like haha,
0: bone jokes. They have previously mentioned that he is on his way to a meeting in interim chief Vic's office. And that's where Sean and Gus are heading to. That's our meeting too. But Sean sends Gus along without him. He's like, uh, save me a seat. What does he say? Like off to the side, right in front
1: of her desk. In the front, but not off to the side, I think is what he asked for. That's what it was.
0: And he's like sauntering over to a pretty woman. And there's like a really fun musical thing happening during this.
1: (laughs) He misses her. He turns back. He looks at her and he goes, waiting for Godot? Guffman? Waiting to exhale?
0: I just wrote flirt flirt.
1: (laughs) She finally gives in and says that her name is Lindsay Lycan. Now... Waiting for Godot was a movie from 1964. It's a play. Waiting for Guffman was a movie from 1996. And Waiting to Exhale was a movie from 1995. So three rapid-fire pop culture references.
0: Yeah. I've seen one of them. (laughs) And I didn't see the movie version. I saw Godot on on stage in Pittsburgh. But... He starts to introduce himself as a psychic and she's like, ha, 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 I'm cute, but skeptical. And <laughs> and he spots her gross guitar callous fingers and he brings up, the, she recently took up the guitar and she, <gasps> How did you do that? Yeah. And then we get a, I'm also sensing that you're going to have a very good week. She's like, I don't really think. And then he's like, Psh, I'm gone in a puff of smoke. And he just kind of like walks away. <laughs> So then we're in Vic's office.
1: I just wrote fly joke.
0: Oh. Yeah, so Sean motions to Ewing because everyone's so impressed with Ewing. He motions to Ewing like, like your fly is open. And Ewing goes to check and immediately is angry because he fell for it. That's a good joke. I'll buy that. And Lasseter simping for Ewing and like federal investigations in general is real sad to watch. Especially since Ewing is... So mean to him the whole time. Yeah.
1: He just wants that federal love. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so does Juliet. Oh, but <laughs> she doesn't have to try. So <laughs> right. Detective Vic is, uh, not Detective, Chief Vic is introducing Lasseter to Ewing. And then she, uh, well, Juliet says something and then she introduces Juliet. And instantly Ewing's like, stop the presses, Juliet. And then he just like quotes Shakespeare at her. Something about lovers' silver tongues at night. I don't remember the quote.
1: But everyone it, looks like real happy not, about it. <laughs> it was not, wherefore art thou Romeo? No, nothing so bait.
0: identifiable. He, yeah. he
1: really dug deep there. <laughs> he dug so deep that he actually said, that's Romeo and Juliet, Shakespeare. And then <laughs> Sean, Missed the eye not roll. to be outdone, said, Tootie, you in trouble. Mindy Cohn, facts of life. Yeah,
0: he extends his hand dramatically <laughs> to, like, break into the scene.
1: <laughs> Big picture, there's a forger out there. They're making $100 bills and laundering them into the community, most recently via a Home Depot in Santa Barbara. Ewing doesn't like Lassiter, but they have to deal with him anyway. Yeah, Lassie is literally rarin' to go. Oh, the listening device comes out. Oh,
0: yeah, we get a lot of, like, weird little tech things in this that scene. That was hilarious.
1: <laughs> he pulls out a Special Agent Ewing. Oh, okay, well, first of all, Special Agent would not be a title that somebody at the Department of Treasury would ever have. Only the people at the FBI get the title Special Agent.
0: Right, and he's dressed like, What do they call FBI agent spooks still? Is that a thing? Or is that in I am I don't know. Anyway, I think it might be more of a CIA thing, but he's wearing like a very dramatic suit is his is how I was thinking of it.
1: That's federal black. Right. That Yeah. It's, it's
0: Washington black. That's I wrote
2: that down because I thought it was hilarious. It's just a different kind of black in Washington.
0: Totally different. At one point in this scene, Sean refers to him as special. He just calls it like as if that's his first name, which I love.
1: Mm-hmm. Special <laughs> Ewing. This listening device, Special Agent Ewing, pulls out of his coat jacket and sets it down and he asks the boys to restate their name and spell them for the listening device because it's attached to a Mildred and Lassiter's like, oh yes, I've heard of that. It's a military Intel listening device recorder something. And Ewing's like, no, it goes to my personal stenographer. And we turn around, and there's this little old lady <laughs> taking stenographer notes, and her name is Mildred.
2: Yeah, that was definitely not—I didn't see that coming. I definitely no. didn't see it
0: coming. I forgot about it completely. So then we get a—seriously, who are these people? And Ewing is just done with it, and Chief explains, this is our psychic consultant and his partner, Burton Guster, and we thought that they would be helpful. And he's like, we brought our own psychic. She's a rock star. She got us so close. What city was it in?
1: I don't know the city. Dallas, Denver. It was a D name. I don't know. Yeah,
0: she got us so close to the counterfeiter. We must have been just moments behind him. And in walks Lindsay Lakin. And I'm really glad that Sean didn't reiterate, like, when they introduced Ewing to him, and he's like, yes, we met in the hallway and sniffed each other. We
1: sniffed each other in the hallway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and
0: I'm glad that he didn't say anything about that again with Lindsay.
1: <laughs> Chief fixes. says, I don't care. You're using our resources. You're using our psychics. Ewing has put together information packets for everybody. They are going to huddle tomorrow at Home Depot at 0700 hours. That's seven a.m. Seven hundred hours is almost twenty days. Shouldn't we act sooner? And just for the record, seven hundred hours is twenty nine point one six days, so it's closer to thirty days. Yes, I did the math. <laughs> As you would. Ewing hits on Juliet's the next thing I have. Yeah,
0: Juliet says that's seven a.m. tomorrow, and Ewing is like,
1: "What does he say?" Oh beautiful, have you ever considered taking the bureau exam?
0: Yeah, but not after calling her both beautiful and whip smart. <laughs> what did he say? Did she smell like Washington or or no, you have Pennsylvania Avenue running through your veins. Have you ever considered That's taking it. the exam? Yeah. And then she just sort of like smugly shrugs and walks away. She doesn't even respond to anybody.
1: <laughs> but lassie Lassie just looks at him with all of the want in his eyes and goes, "I, I have." have. <laughs>
0: It's very needy, needy puppy dog.
2: I have to say, I was hoping for some sort of Gus intro into that, like a partner name. And I don't know if that comes later in the seasons, but I have it marked that I don't think there is one throughout the episode. But no, missed opportunity for sure. Episode.
0: And we have gotten them before, but yeah, missed opportunity here. We like to point mm-hmm. out missed opportunities when it's like,
1: mm-hmm. should have done this bit that becomes the thing or yeah. <laughs> like this would have been a perfect chance for a, I've heard it both ways. Or a wait or, for it. Wait for it, which I'm so excited about. Can I just tell you? Okay, I digress. Lindsay is like, I guess I do believe in psychics cause I am one. I just don't believe in you. I know that you guessed that guitar thing because of the calluses on my hands. I'm gonna solve this case. And I'm gonna prove you're a fake. Shots fired. Like, she's so aggro. Oh. Mm-hmm. But I mean, uh, we find out. Is why. that aggressive? Yes. Yeah.
0: Got <laughs> so the next thing I have is we're on the streets, literally.
1: Oh, no, no. This is our opening credits. Oh, true. But this, and I don't know how I have missed it up to this point, but this was the first time I noticed that Chief Vic made it into the opening credits. Oh, really? I think she must have joined us on season two, at the beginning of season two, and I just didn't realize it. Hmm. We made such a point of it in episode one to point out that she wasn't in the opening credits. I just want to put it out there for everybody that our our Karen Vick has made it to the opening credits where she deserves to be. And then we're out on the streets. <laughs> and everyone's oh, yes. walking around. It's a full team walk and talk. Yes,
0: I, I was like, this it feels like one of those astronaut moments. Where everyone's, like, walking into the mission. Yeah. But they're walking towards Home Depot, and Chief is like, this is our, like, town. We're not going to let them show us up. I don't care what these feds got. Like, we're here to help. We all want the same thing. We're on the same team. But we are a strong
1: resource, and they cannot disrespect us. We are a team. (laughs) Sean kind of overhears Ewing talking to Lindsay and... He said, you breached protocol, Laken. I waited outside the ho- hotel room at o six thirty, and you weren't there. And Laken was like, oh, I got up early and went for coffee. Yeah. Which I don't know how that's breaking protocol. Just she left the premises and she
0: wasn't there on time or something.
2: And why are they up this early? And why <laughs> is Home Depot open at 7 a.m.?
0: Because weird crafty hardware men are well, weird. As we'll see. Maybe <laughs> <I don't laughs> it's think a California... Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like a
2: 9 a.m. kind of a thing. I don't but know, because thinking... they
0: have actual like, contractors who pick stuff up, and those guys get started early, right?
1: That's fair. If they're not open, it's like a, they got there early so that they could talk to people without being inhibited. But that's not true because Henry's there.
2: That's true. He's a normal
0: shopper
1: he's a weird hardware crafty guy oh yeah they open at 6 a.m (laughs) oh boom said the things you (laughs) learned
2: still that's very early yes very and i don't think any of them were holding coffee because let's face it they would be all holding coffee and sean canonically
0: does not wake up well Mm -hmm. at early times why isn't he sleepier why isn't he grumpier why isn't he me (laughs) Yeah.
1: They're at Home Depot and they're questioning the teller who was the one who took the counterfeit bills. And then... They're grilling this poor cashier
0: about like, didn't you notice blah, blah, blah. And it's like, bud, I'm just trying to get through my
1: shift. It's micro printing. It's an anti-replicant feature from the 1990s with the words United States of America printed around Ben Franklin's lapel. Okay. So... We've talked about my hashtag BrinksLife before, and we were taught to spot counterfeit bills when I worked at Brinks. My favorite way to spot counterfeit bills, large bills, 50s and 100s, the shirts that the people on the bills are wearing are textured. If you run your nail over it, you can kind of feel the and you kind of hear the and most counterfeits don't have that. And... That was how we were taught to, but I did once find the United States of America, even though I'm very blind.
0: We, at my new financial institution where I work and deal with money, we have TCRs that will spit out, sus things for us, but...
1: What's a TCR?
0: It's, it's like a cash receptacle. It's so that we don't have to keep money or much money in our drawers. Like it dispenses okay. and takes in bills for withdrawal and deposit so that I don't have to count out money all the time. The machine does it for me. And it picks nice. up on all these very tiny features when it scans them and keeps my hands from getting nasty. But mm-hmm. we at my old place, we also like had to take classes often about spotting these and we had the markers that you could mark and if they show up that means it's sus because it's supposed to Mm -hmm. be like a clear marker i
2: remember from the casino that there's fibers and like you can actually pull out one of the fibers so and that like piece too there's like a piece that indicates i think it's on newer bills now but it indicates the type Mm -hmm. and you can pull that out too
1: I ripped so many bills trying to find those to make sure that they weren't fake. (laughs) Did that all the time. The weirdest thing we ever found, though, was a counterfeit $1 bill. Yeah, that's strange. Yeah, why would you counterfeit a $1?
0: Unless you take that internal strip from something else (laughs) and put it into a one so that a machine or something would read that one as something else. Maybe. But yeah, otherwise, it just... I don't know why. Not worth the effort. Gotta get that candy bar. <laughs> so, I don't have much more for this scene other than we're here for the fraud bills, and then Sean says he's going to read for auras like a real
1: psychic. Yes. And then goes up on a lift in Home Depot. <laughs>
0: Which for no reason. is against safety protocol of Home Depot, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> but while he's up there, he sees Henry, and... Henry has a project for them because of course he does. They owe him <laughs> for the last twelve times I helped you solve your little cases. Sean tries to talk Gus into saying, "Well, we never really agreed to that," and Gus starts to agree, and then Henry kind of just looks at hey. Gus and Gus is like, "Oh no, no, we definitely agreed to help."
0: I him. think he actually says, "Gus," and then
1: That's Gus folds. He's just like, "No, nope, yep, yeah, yeah, for sure, happened." <laughs> <laughs> Whilst up on the lift. Sean sees that there are surveillance cameras and he's like, I got an idea. They go into the security room and they say hello to Garrison.
0: (laughs) I love the name for this man. Like, he just, how did you know my name was Garrison? My mama calls that being green as grass.
2: (laughs) You know, there's always that moment where you're like, I forgot I'm wearing a name tag. But it always, like, it comes eventually. Like, you figure it out. You would figure it out when you have to take it off at night, right? Like, at some
1: point. But Garrison doesn't because he points out that the pretty detective lady was already there looking for the footage. And she also knew that his name was Garrison. Magic. She didn't have any luck and he doesn't think that there's any way that Sean's going to have any luck if the pretty lady didn't. The only thing that Sean is able to clock is his keys
0: yeah and he's like you know what garrison you're probably right we should just head back out
1: they do they go back to the teller they go back to the rest of the team and ewing smells juliet like a full yeah full sniff lean in Mm -hmm.
0: not oh i can smell your shampoo from here it's quite lovely no 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 like in her space
2: that might be where she's like out she's done like, she might enjoy the attention, but I'm sorry, you stiffen my head in a Home Depot. That, yeah, that's when it's just not like, ideal. you can
0: look pretty from afar. Do not approach me, sir. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: Sean is trying to beat Lycan at this game and starts to have, like, a mini psychic freak out where he goes, oh, he does not wear corrective lenses. So he doesn't wear glasses.
0: Thanks. That narrows it down, Spencer.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. But not to be outdone, Lakin knows she has to be better and says, he has a small scar about three inches on his jawline and a single stud diamond in his left ear. And the the teller was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that all now. It's like,
0: oh, yes, I'm seeing that now. He sounds very much like Sean when Sean's baking.
2: Yeah. They could have said he was riding a unicorn and he would have been like, oh, yeah, that's
1: totally (laughs) happening.
2: I remember that now. There's reasons why you can't say those things in interrogations, because it just goes in your head.
0: We should say, like, just for posterity, that both of our real-life Juliet and Lassiters have real-life ties to law enforcement. And I feel like it comes out a little bit when they talk about things like this. Like, (laughs) not only are you aware of the true crime things that we plebes are aware of,
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm interested, I guess, more than most, but not anymore because now true crime is a thing now. Mm -hmm. It's very, very popular, but
1: I was doing it before it was cool. (laughs) I wasn't. I hopped on this, this true crime. Oh, I inherited trauma from
0: my mother, so I didn't have much choice.
2: (laughs) It's surprising, Alexis, that you like true crime. I just didn't think that
1: that would be your thing. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm going to blame COVID, because it wasn't until COVID that I got into it. I'm going
0: to say, like, it unleashed, like, like a it makes me feel more prepared instinct in you to, like, know more things. The Anne
1: rule of it all. But also, I just think people are fascinating, so. That is true. We go to Henry's house, and Henry wants them to build a wet bar. A wet bar. Which is a timeless home feature for entertaining guests. <laughs> it's perfect for evenings when Reggie Jackson and Diane Cannon swing by for a Harvey Wallbanger. Oh,
0: which okay, do you guys know what's in a Harvey Wallbanger? Mm-mm.
1: Mm-mm.
0: I can't remember all of it, but it's basically something that would only taste good to people in the '70s who were hopped up on Coke and cigarettes, like. <laughs> and like it's like licorice and lemonade or something gross like that it's not yeah no that's strong i
2: also loved how from the looks of the wet bar it was turning out to be a 70s wet bar there was no modernization (laughs) i think it like it looks like there was bamboo or something from like a tiki bar or something it was yes it was i mean judging he was not trying to be cool how can
1: henry not have a tiki
2: that's (laughs) true that's very
1: true Okay, a Harvey wallbanger is three parts vodka, one part galliano? That's Yeah,
0: that's, Gal- a, yeah that's like a licorice liqueur.
1: And six parts fresh orange juice. Ooh. hmm. hmm. I. Vodka and orange it's juice. It's like you just. Me. You licorice ruined a
0: screwdriver with like licorice taste.
2: That's almost like a toothpaste and orange. Juice, kind of a thing. The licorice is yeah. like too much, and I love licorice, but no, thank you.
0: Ew, <laughs> not me. Miss yeah. me with all of that. I don't want uzo. I don't want sambuca. I don't want it.
1: <laughs> I'll take uzo if there's a reason for uzo, <laughs> but I don't want it. Yeah. Like if there's an old Greek lady like trying to hand me uzo, I'm gonna take it, but I'm not. I'm not trying to go after that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm.
0: Okay, so. Henry pieces out and Sean and Gus are left to pretend to bang things with hammers and really just discuss the case.
1: (laughs) (laughs) For some reason, Sean's into it and he's like, okay, let's do this, Gus. (laughs) Gus is like, really? And then he picks up something and goes, what's this? And Gus goes, it's a drill.
0: (laughs) So they're talking about the perp.
1: Well, Gus points out that Sean is mostly upset because... Lakin showed him up. And he's like, I think she's just a a better psychic than you. He pretends to be psychic and he goes, she's, she's, she's gasp better than you. (laughs) And Sean said, don't be ridiculous. There's no such thing as psychics. But Gus wants him to use his knowledge of currency, including a queen
0: collection. We start to discuss the guy's car because didn't it get identified what he was driving. Yeah, from the most basic key I've ever seen in my life.
1: <laughs> it mm-hmm. looked
0: like a locker key at like the bus station
2: or a moped or something. Yeah, yeah. It, I don't know how he got that.
1: Yeah, he he thinks that it's a Nissan. He kind of specifies what they are. And then they kind of start putting down like what they know about this person. Like they're never on camera, so they're smart. And They change things that can be linked to them regularly, which could be like new license plates every day. The pop culture reference that we skipped back here was Sean said, this isn't about counterfeiting. It's about me versus her. X versus server. Joe versus the volcano. X versus server and Joe versus the volcano are also pop culture references. And then he does the full recap that we just
0: yeah. And so they decide that even if we found out what car he was driving, he's obviously going to have switched it by now. So if you had to deal mostly in cash because you're counterfeiting, where are you most likely to go?
1: Which they had to. A car dealership. Did
0: we get, like, where
1: they actually are? No, but when Sean walks in, he said, This must be what Jay Leno feels like when he walks into his garage. Which makes you Kevin Eubanks!
0: Then we find out that the Feds are actually already there, along with the SBPD, and Sean and Gus are late to the party, and they didn't get invited to the party. Yeah. Pin in that. Very disappointing.
1: No one calls us anymore. I thought we were a team. Lassiter, first of all, the whole team thing? She wasn't talking to you. Secondly, Ewing didn't call me. He called O'Hare.
0: I don't know how he got my number, you guys. (laughs) My phone's been ringing off the hook. (laughs) Like, apparently he's
1: been calling her incessantly. Sean called her Clarice. He said, it's okay, Clarice. You don't have to make excuses to us. Which I'm assuming is a Silence of the Lambs reference, but I don't understand it.
0: Um, Ewing's a psychopath, and he is singled in on O'Hara as his Clarice.
1: See, when you don't watch (laughs) movies like that...
0: And so that's just what I got into it.
2: <laughs> and she's also a law enforcement agent, not a federal agent, but law enforcement.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And was Clarice a law she enforcement She was, agent? yeah, yes. she
0: was like an FBI Academy undergrad who got like plucked out for her like talent and profiling to help work on that. Mm-hmm. The, well, it wasn't really the Lecter case. It was a different
1: case. Juliet has a full thirst moment here. And this like... 70s swanky love music starts playing oh, yeah, in the, the background. Oh yeah, music
0: cube. We must mention the music.
1: <laughs> it's such a perfect music cue. But the guy, he bought a Lamborghini for $47,000 cash.
0: And they asked no
1: questions. Right. And then he came back the next day and he returned it. I have a question. Please. Okay, so financial
0: institutions are required to do something called a cash transaction report for any amount over... A single penny over $10,000. Are retail establishments and car dealerships not required the same thing? Because these sorts of things are supposed to get flagged so that, you know, if there's any laundering going on, they can find it easier.
1: I guess I'm wondering if it was flagged, but they took the payment anyway. You know, they took the payment, they flagged it, and that's how they figured out really quickly. Because it was in within, like, three or four days. They found out really quickly that it Mm. was. A, a counterfeit. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But that's a good thought there. Well, he returned it for $26,000 because he didn't like it anymore. It was kind of genius because he spent $47,000 worth of fake money, drove around a Lambo for a day, and then returned it and got $26,000 of real money. Gus called him a dumb criminal because he returned it for only $26,000. And Lasseter said, no, he's a genius criminal because of the reasons that we just talked about. And Sean said, where? In a Mamet play? And I didn't know what a Mamet play was, so I looked it up. And there's a playwright named Dave Mamet. It might be Mamet. I'm not going to lie. I don't know. Uh, And he is the playwright of The Anarchist. Uh, Also, I've I've heard heard it both ways, Alexis. (laughs) (laughs) Julia does some more thirsting. (laughs) You know, I don't think he's a swimmer. He's not really that build. I bet he plays rugby. This is where we get our Washington Black moment. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Where Lassie's all trying to get up in that black suit. That was a weird way to put that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he literally wants to wear that black suit.
1: They all go to look for the bills. While they're headed that direction, Sean pulls Lakin aside and is like, hey, I think we should join forces for the greater good, like Pitt and Jolie.
0: Ah, Pitt and Julie. Okay, I was like, Pitt and Julie.
1: <laughs> Pitt and, yes. Lakin says, there's no way I'm working with you. You're a faker. And Sean goes, well, fine. In that case, maybe we should just date. And Lakin says, no, I'm seeing someone. Yes, it's serious. You didn't know I was going to ask that. Yes, I did.
0: Gus clocks when they're looking at the bills that, yeah, they're all the counterfeits. But he saw something called color diffraction on one of these bills. And that only occurs
1: in legit bills. When they see it, immediately Sean takes note of the serial number because apparently he can just memorize stuff like that. Sean Sean is, like, thanking Gus, and he's like, good work, Gus, and Gus goes, thank you, and then they have their fist bump, and it's a good fist bump of the episode.
0: We get at least one from here on
1: out, apparently. <laughs> good. We also get a delicious in this episode, and it's my favorite delicious, and I'm so excited for that, too. Okay. Santa Barbara Police Department. They're all in the conference room, and then Sean and Gus walk in. And everyone's being awkward.
0: Yeah, because Sean and Gus, once again, were not invited to the party. And they call it out. I don't think we're welcome here.
1: (laughs) Oh, Gus, don't be a paranoid schizophrenic. Shut up, Sean. That's
0: offensive.
1: (laughs) That's not a great Gus don't be, but it is a Gus don't be, so I'm marking that on the, the tracks. They feel like Lakin has the psychic stuff covered, and they don't need Sean and Gus.
0: Oh, okay. We'll just go then. No problem.
1: Thank you for the memories. And they get up and they walk out, and then he pulls a full-on Columbo and turns around and goes, Oh, just one Columbo! more thing.
0: Columbo! Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm in love. I'm in love.
1: <laughs> they're not all counterfeit. Ewing's like, don't you dare try to fight me with this? Are you trying to tell me that they're not counterfeit? And he was like... No, most of them are, just one isn't. And that's when he ravels off the serial number, which Juliet, like, writes down really, really quickly. And then they turn around and leave. Gus is super confused. Shouldn't we wait for them to check the authentication of that serial number? And Sean goes, wait for it. Wait for it. Oh, my gosh.
0: And he's, like, he's walking with a swagger when Gus asks him that, too.
1: This is our first wait for it. And I'm so happy. Lassiter comes out, boys wait. It's a real bill. We know. (laughs) But they're trying to figure out why he would have used a real bill if he had stacks on stacks on stacks of counterfeit. He's like,
0: you said this guy spends what was it, 68 days in every location when he's laundering the money? 628. Oh, 628. My bad. And he's like, he's on day four. He ran out of cash. He was one bill short, and he had to use a real one. Eh.
1: Chief Vic brings in the super sweet Chief Vic moves and goes, Okay, what's our next move? And Ewing starts to talk, and she just (laughs) cuts him off and goes, I'm sorry, I was talking to Mr. Spencer.
0: Could have done without the I'm sorry, but, I mean, she was still serving.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sean suggests that they go looking for the printing nest, the place in which he's going to print money because he's going to need more.
0: All right, so... I, the next thing I have is that we're at the
1: psych office Yes. and leaking. And it took me 19 hours to bake this. And he reaches into his Easy Bake Oven and pulls out. Pineapple Pineapple Hunt. He pulls out a pineapple upside down cake. Made in an easy bake oven and Gus kindly points out that it's not upside down because you can clearly see the pineapple ring on the top. And I love it.
0: Poor little upside down
1: cake. <laughs> yes, right side up cake if you will. But there's our pineapple for the episode.
0: Lakin shows up and she's playing nice.
1: She's like, What's that smell? Are you a fan of delicious flavor? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so delicious is one of our running bits for sure. But that line, I think, that specific line, Are You a Fan of Delicious Flavor? I think that comes up again and again and again and again.
0: Ooh, okay. I remember it from this one. I
1: know when they're talking about the Cuatro quesos Fritos. I know they say it when they're talking about that later on. Is
0: that the Maurizio
1: episode? Okay. I just remember the quattro cases free dose. Lakin wants to work together now.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Because Sean showed her up. She's no longer on top.
1: <laughs> they have a psychic off. They start coming up with really, really bad psychic visions. Like, it's in a remote transient location. It's by a body of water. Lakin says that by a body of water and Sean goes... I might expect that from John Edwards. Definitely, Miss Cleo, but not from you. You're better than that. (laughs) Again, he's kind of poking at Lakin, and so she comes back and she says, I see a sign, it's in French. Maybe it's a European hotel. And Gus says that there's this hotel on his pharmaceutical route, but there's no hotel on his pharmaceutical route. Sean knows his pharmaceutical route pretty well. Gus, Where did you go last summer for the Pips Autograph Signing Convention? (laughs) Lakin said, You met Gladys Knight? Gus goes, No. Sean said, Just the Pips. Gus said, Actually, a Pip. The other got stuck in traffic. I don't want to talk about it.
0: That's so sad.
1: You know what I would do to meet a Pip, though?
0: I mean, Gladys Knight. Am I right? Yes! (laughs) There's a whole section in a book I read about her. It was great.
1: The last psychic realization they have is that the place could be under construction because that would be hiding the noise. Ooh. Lakin tries the pineapple upside down cake and said, "I think that cake isn't cooked." Nineteen hours in this big oven.
0: It's just a light bulb, guys. It's just a light bulb.
1: Yeah. It's not gonna cook.
0: So I got hotel, and we get another kind of one upmanship happening.
1: Yes, Lassie versus Ewing. They're. they're... It's real sad, you guys. <laughs> yeah. It's a. Uh, I don't remember what the word is.
0: It's like a pissing contest?
1: <laughs> thank you, thank you.
0: But I was like, because Sean and Lindsay were just doing that. And so when Lassie and Ewing started doing that, I just went, now
1: kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Juliet ends up stepping in and stopping the little argument. And when she does, Ewing goes, my gosh, you're a firecracker. QI mm-hmm. eye roll. <laughs> There's a lot of guests that pay with cash, which is what you would expect from a money launderer. But that's also what you would expect from a European hotel. Is it? You know, Cassius king. Sean leans down and sees this sign for the South Mezzanine.
0: Oh, yeah, to the tower. The So yeah. there's a North Tower and then there's a Mezzanine to the South Tower.
2: Okay. I was thinking the same thing, Alexis. I was like, okay, clearly this is what he's looking at, but I have no idea why. Because it looked
0: like just another
1: yeah. part of the hotel. Like, I don't know. That, yeah, that's why I have, I, there's no logic to why he would have picked that.
0: So, I think there might be something missing here. I think that's where we think construction might be occurring. And that's why, like... Maybe, yeah. It's more likely to be that one, because we already said construction might be covering it. My guess.
1: Lakin and Sean go kind of head-to-head again. They see dirty sheets, towels on the floor, a half-eating club sandwich, someone who has refused maid service, Again, a it's a European hotel. <laughs> A room facing the parking lot. So a less desirable. I mean the guy finds this one single man who paid cash, who meets all those criteria, except for maybe the turkey club, and they're off. When the guy starts to say, oh, yes, I think I found this guy. There's a sneaky fist bump in the background.
0: Mm-hmm. Ooh.
1: Gus kind of just like lifts his hand up and Sean just kind of hits it behind everybody. It's very, very cute. Okay, but they head to the room.
2: And I had a turkey club for dinner, by the way, just
1: to tie hey it yo. all
2: together. It just sounds good, <laughs> you know?
1: There's a laundry machine in this room, and Juliet calls it a really cute front loader.
2: I just got rid of mine, so I don't want <laughs> I was, like, literally, like, yeah, front loader. Gross.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was I, never, never a fan, but I don't know what Ewing thought she was implying I don't know. I didn't catch I, that. I don't,
0: I don't know what to take from that other than Yeah. It's a tiny washing
1: machine. And well, like it. No, no. Ewing leans forward and goes like, "Thank you." When Juliet says that like she was saying it about him.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I don't get it. It didn't land for me cuz I don't I don't know.
2: <laughs> I think I was too busy trying to think of like okay, was the laundry machines in the room or did he bring them in? And if so, how the hell did he bring up a washer and dryer into his hotel room right. without
1: where did he get the hookups for that
2: yeah so i was i was very confused i was like is it supposed to be in there
0: i don't know <laughs> if they're like almost condo rooms or like extended stay like maybe
1: yeah well they use the laundry machine to wash the money and it softens it and they beat it with stones to give it that worn texture, according to Ewing. So literally laundering. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good pun. Sean sees all of this linen paper in the closet, I yeah. guess, behind everyone, and leans over and goes, dude, there's linens in that paper. <laughs> what would he be doing amending the constitution? <laughs> Get a good Gus for the win moment where he's like, No, it's government issued paper. That's the kind of paper that they have to use to print money. Amending the Constitution.
0: Is that a national treasure joke?
1: Maybe. I don't know.
0: I don't know anymore. (laughs)
1: Lakin thinks that they are printing $50,000.
0: Sean's looking at the evidence of how much linen and how much detritus is left over, and he's like, No, it was a lot more than that. It was like 500,000. What is it? 500,000?
1: 500,000. Enough for someone to live on for their entire life. And Lakin said, That's not possible. Her her reception is missing a zero. (laughs) Sean has a psychic hand (laughs) that Gus is very subtly, not so subtly, directing with his Mm -hmm. head and lands on the paper. The paper. Spool. Spool. Very
2: bad detectives, by the way. Like, the <laughs> closet was open. And Gus, like you said, not so subtly, is shaking his head like he's having a seizure. <laughs> and they
1: all missed it. Lasseter finds a stamp, and he thinks it might be a treasury seal. And Ewing goes, no, it's a passport seal.
2: <gasps>
1: Sean's still holding on to his psychic freak out hand because apparently the psychic spirits have heard it mm-hmm. and there's a little hurting hand fist bump mm-hmm. there.
0: I Oh, this scene is so hard to watch like as a rewatch, like knowing all the things you know and you're just like get there, get there, get there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they think he's on the lam. They think he's ready to run. Hence passport steal. Hence Passport seal. There it is. They walk out of the hotel, and Chief Vic tells them all to keep their phones on. And Gus says, why? No one bothers to call us anymore. (laughs) Oh.
0: I didn't write down where Sean and Laken end up.
1: Well, okay. So Sean is like, this was great. Let's talk tomorrow. They shake hands. Laken walks away. And once again, Sean says, wait for it wait for it and she turns around and she's like sean maybe we can keep working on the case we're doing so well together and sean suggests that they go to color me mine he thinks that they might be (laughs) open late but she's like how about you come back to my hotel room
0: okay yeah i just had like next scene and i was like wait where are we (laughs) i don't have a lot for this next scene i know that it's kind of cringe and i just wrote hookup (laughs)
1: So my favorite part is that it opens To the song True I didn't know what that was called I know this much is true (laughs) It's the Pretty in Pink song That's what I know it from
0: It's the the wedding singer song (laughs) Uh,
1: They're at the hotel Sean doesn't want to be a psychic forever Just until he finds The girl of his dreams and then I'll whisk her off to Carmel and open a small haberdashery and maybe do some macrame. Maybe blow some glass.
0: I feel like we're just in the 70s this episode, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> he says to Laken, you know, I get it, but I know you don't feel that way because you already have someone special. And she said, well, recently I've had a change of heart.
0: Knowing what you know. <laughs> I'm dying.
1: They are kind of trying to read each other's minds. And Sean said... I feel like Holly Hunter in broadcast news where she's inside William Hurt's head. And then they start macking. It was uncomfortable macking, but it was okay. I feel like when Sean and Juliet are macking, it's always real. Like, you can always see it. And then when Sean's I'll, macking with anyone else, I'm just like, Ugh. I feel
0: like I really don't... Like, once we get past the Sean hooking up phase... Like, I mean, he does, okay, spoilers, there are other people still to come that are, like, not just hookups, but it's still less cringe somehow, even though it doesn't make me happy. I don't know. I also like that I don't remember, and we'll have to see if this holds up, I don't remember sometimes when, like, a scene is really good between two people. And it's like, you know, they're macking or they're having, like, an intimate moment. I'm like, oh, no, I shouldn't be here. This is private. I'm uncomfortable. (laughs) I don't remember feeling that with
1: Sean and Juliet. I'll wait and see. It's the next day. Sean wakes up and he's all alone. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Loved and left. I love it. And then he immediately calls Gus.
1: She did this on purpose. And he starts going through her trash. That would not be my first instinct, but... Okay. I mean,
0: it is Sean and yeah. he's like looking for clues always.
2: And
1: nosy in general. <laughs> While he's talking to Gus, Lassie calls and Sean goes, dude, I gotta go, it's Lassiter. And Gus is like, You're gonna hang up on me for Lassiter? Just get there. And then he <laughs> does.
0: Where is there? How do we know?
1: It's a dead body. That's where there is.
0: Yes, but how does Gus get there?
1: <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs>
0: So I just wrote body and I think Lassiter is not happy that they were beaten to the punch yet again because the feds showed up first
1: again. Thanks for finally calling us Lassiter. And Lassie goes, do you think I want junior G-man over here to beat me to the punch? Looked up junior G-man. It's actually junior G-men. It was from the 1940s, and it was about a gang of street kids who worked for the FBI to find their leader street gang kid's father who was kidnapped by terrorists. Lasseter would reference something (laughs) that old. Yeah, he would.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We find out that our dead body is the counterfeiter. Like,
1: And and he was shot with with his own gun.
0: Twist?
1: Mm -hmm. If you know, you know. Sean sees the body, and it matches Laken's description perfectly. And he goes,
0: God, she's good.
1: <laughs> Lakin's trying to, like, get a vibe on the body and just, like, is feeling over it, and then she actually touches the body, and Lasseter is quick to yell at her about that, which I'm very thankful for.
0: Yeah, we get a whoa, 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 whoa. And Chief kind of steps in and goes, oh, come on, Lasseter, lighten up. We're lucky if our psychic doesn't lick the body.
1: (laughs) Chief Vic says that the case is wrapped up. It's not a big deal. The feds are going to head home. Ewing is happy and says, perhaps just a small hug? A nitty-bitty one? I'm serious. No one wants to hug him. They all walk away. Sean says to Lakin, I guess I was right about one thing it turned out to be a pretty good week for you because she was the one who psychically divined where this dead body was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that's what she did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So (laughs) in our next scene, we're back at Henry's.
1: And they're heating up another pun upside down cake.
0: (laughs) And Henry's like, it's fine, Sean. Just quit. You found someone better than you. It's cool. I accept you as you are. Go ahead and quit this. And he references something from Sean's eighth grade year <laughs> when he quit the bassoon because it was too hard or there was someone better than him. What yep. There was a kid's name. I didn't write it yeah,
1: down. A kid beat him out for the bassoon solo.
0: Which, okay. Okay. Bassoons are not easy to play. My sister. <laughs> Give some love to our, our woodwinds. But... Sean's like, what? Really? You pulled out a reference from eighth grade. You had that on the tip of your tongue. But I don't know if this is purely reverse psychology on Henry's side or if he's like telling Sean something about himself, like for realsies. Maybe both. I feel attacked, let me just say. <laughs> Makes me want to go, bitch, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a quitter, okay They leave,
1: they have a walk and talk And they're walking and talking about The pineapple upside down cake And Sean is very upset And said I spent $300 on this from eBay This is hardly a toy And Gus said I don't think you're that upset About the cake <laughs> She's either a really good psychic Or she's a better detective than you
0: Or, yeah, anyway.
1: (laughs) Gus was like, I thought you had her at the hotel whenever you talked about that $50,000. Or $500,000. $500,000. And then Sean starts to have a flashback to the hotel and a flashback to the dead guy's face. And they run to the blueberry. (laughs) And Sean throws away his pineapple upside down cake. We go to the hotel with Mildred. Oh, that's, well, that's right. right. We have to. Yeah, yep, yep, yep.
0: I just want to clarify. Uh, two mornings ago, two mornings ago, when, um, when uh, Ewing and Lakin were were talking and something about a breach of protocol and something about getting coffee.
1: She said, "Well, they were talking about a chocolatier, the dye you put in a pool to find the urine, and the musical <sighs> Wicked, and then she ends up telling them they were talking about a coffee thing." Oh, that's it. What? Well, that's it. And we go back to this breach of protocol where she was not meeting him at 0630 like she was supposed to. And Sean goes, where are they now? Well, they're at the airfield where I'm supposed to be. I'm running late. Cute little Mildred.
2: And she was very nice. She was very nice for being a fed, right? Very nice.
0: And also for being named Mildred. <laughs> I would assume that stenographers are more pleasant than agents.
1: Yeah, I'm just gonna. <laughs> I think they would have to be because they've just gotta kind of deal with whatever, literally whatever gets thrown at them. Okay, figuratively whatever gets thrown <laughs> at them. <laughs> the throwing things at stenographers, <laughs> looks <easy>. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. There. Which perfectly leads to Gus scribbles something on a piece of paper and hands it to Mildred and says, "Mildred, here, say this." Yeah. Patrick goes, shotgun? <laughs> Gus said, tough luck, buddy. And they run. <laughs> so
0: we're back to the blueberry, and then we're at the airfield.
1: We have Chief Vic, Lasseter, and Juliet there, all seeing off uh, Eugene. Nope. Ewing and <laughs> Lakin. And Ewing asks for Juliet's MySpace. Uh, that's,
2: that was one of my notes Oof. as well.
1: <laughs> Sean congratulates Lindsay. And said, you did it. You cracked it. And Lindsay said, well, don't worry, Sean. There will always be other cases. You're right. You're right. But not for you. (laughs) And then he does a full recap. We'll do the recap quickly here. Okay. You knew about the scar and the stud because you've seen him before. You didn't just go for coffee that morning. You went for coffee, drove past 17 Starbucks, and went to... Galetta, on the same day that the Lamborghini was spotted out of town and in Galetta. You guys were partners and lovers in the night. (laughs) I've never known anyone to fall in love with someone in five minutes. You didn't miss him. You fell in love with him and you found it was a way to make a lot of money till you blew it and realized that he had made more money than you had planned and he had prepped a passport to run away. Leaving you behind. So you've confronted him. There was a struggle. You shot him. Then you sent everyone to the crime scene. But you knew your DNA was all over the body, so you hid it by touching it in front of everyone. But where's the rest of the money? Everyone's kind of wondering. That was the end of the quick recap. Mm-hmm. She's holding her carry on the whole time, by the way. <laughs> and Sean has a psychic kung fu kung moment. Kung fu, yeah. <laughs> Spasm?
2: Yeah, psychic. like,
0: it's like <laughs> He Kwon-do. flops around as usual. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And he kicks the suitcase and it falls over and Ewing opens it. And there's all those dollar dollar bills, y'all. Ooh.
2: It's must funny that they were going to fly in their own private plane because it never would have worked if they were going to fly commercial. Like, cause even right. like, that's a big, big amount of money
1: to have in your luggage. And she had nothing else. It, was, it was just all the cash. She threw away her clothes, apparently.
0: Girl, where are your clothes at?
2: (laughs) (laughs) She She doesn't need clothes. She got cash. That's true. When he kicked the luggage, I was like, is it like a designer handbag for a second? Because it looked kind of like a designer luggage. I was like, is that where her money is? Because I was like, surely she wouldn't like put her money, all the money, when she's traveling with another FBI FBI agent.
1: But I was wrong.
0: That man's got stars in his eyes.
1: (laughs) But mostly for Juliet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Sean is disgusted you give psychics a bad name and she takes him hostage but don't worry because Mildred saves the day yes she does she pushes her little stenographer rolly thingy at Lakin Lakin falls Sean gets away Ewing hops on top of her takes her down and then says this isn't what it looks like (laughs) (laughs) we're wrapped up and we're in our final scene the final scene that oh. we were talking about earlier in the episode. Oh. Chief Vic asks Juliet to get her paperwork in and out comes a half naked maybe kind of oiled. Yeah, definitely. Is he
2: wet?
0: I don't know.
2: <laughs> He's glistening. Let's yeah. just say that.
1: <laughs> and there's this the slow <laughs> Oh, it's Al Green's Use Me that's playing in the background, <gasps> which is even more epic.
0: And at first, it's like really like like very daydreamy, kind of fuzzy around the edges. But um, this isn't just a fantasy, it's real weird reality where he's actually taken off his shirt in the SBPD and walked in without it.
1: He had a second shirt that he had like kind of flung over his shoulder. I think somebody spelt coffee on him or something and he was like, the guys in tech built me a spare shirt that folds up to the size of a wallet that I can keep in my back pocket. And he turns and he like shows his butt to Juliet. He's like, "Ah, oh, I guess I'm off." And he walks away and she does a full head turn.
0: Well, yes, but like as he's talking to her, she just sort of like, "Uh-huh," like can the talking part be over? <laughs> and then he walks away and she watches appreciatively
1: <laughs> and goes, "Whoo." <laughs>
0: what's the line amanda buble said at one time oh boy to like a guest singer he was like i hate to see you go but i love to watch you leave (laughs) and that was the first time i'd heard that line i was like keeping that
1: (laughs) yeah i don't know that that's how juliet felt though i think juliet was both happy to see him go and happy to see him leave yeah. She was like, ooh, that butt, plus I don't have to listen to his craziness anymore.
0: Yeah, I so I feel like, Alexis, you used to be more of a butt person, more all about the hexagon. <laughs> <laughs> I, But I feel like I, I'm right there with you now. <laughs> yeah. And I have been for some time, but we don't talk as often as we probably should.
1: <laughs> I feel kind of badly because the woman who plays Lakin is a pretty popular character actress. I've seen her in other things many times, but she gets very overshadowed by Lou Diamond Phillips here.
0: No complaints here. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't, I, she has one of those faces where you're like, I've seen you before, but she wasn't really like setting off alarm bells for me.
1: I'm thinking it's a lot of Hallmark movies.
2: Oh, okay. She kind of has that face. I could see that. (laughs)
1: So, we got a pineapple today, we got multiple pineapples, we got a ton of pop culture references, we had a special guest star, we got a wait for it, as well as a, are you a fan of delicious flavor, a whole bunch of fist bumps, and I'm sure some other important things that we usually get. Woo,
0: good episode, we had a lot of Vic, we got some Henry, we got a great guest star, The character actress we're talking about, she has a ton of credits. Nothing that I, like, recognize her from. Like, I recognize the shows and things, but I, like, I can't think of, like, who she was in them. I don't think she has, like, huge roles in a lot of these more well-known things. But, yeah. Um, Yeah, it says Freaks and Geeks. But it's Piercing Girl.
2: Right? (laughs) And it's Ten Things I Hate About
0: You, but it's Coffee Girl. Yeah. She does have a familiar face, so I do get right there on you. With that. I'm so glad you were here, our real-life Juliet. Did you have fun? I did. Yes, I did. Do you see yourself in the character?
2: Yes, I guess I do. Yeah, it's... I don't know. Yeah,
1: I do.
0: (laughs) Is it weird to talk about our characters eventually hooking up?
1: (laughs) Nah, that's not weird. I guess my question, and Amanda, you have watched a bit of this series. Do you feel like you identify with a different character more than Juliet and we just never gave you the chance to identify with another character
2: no I've seen I mean I've seen all of it I'm I don't know the captain is a little bit I'm just a little bit more uptight I suppose than like what Juliet would be
0: but um, so, ooh, I see it so you're calling Chief Vic yeah ooh. that's cute <laughs> <laughs> that's, a,
1: that's something I've never thought about before and now that I think about it is like on brand <laughs> <laughs> But
0: I always said that, like, Amanda, you're so nice, though.
2: (laughs)
1: This is true. But she is, too. She
0: is always not not nice.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think Chief Vic always just carries that, like, authority. Like, she always has to put herself in that authority figure. So, whilst everyone is sitting around laughing and eating Chinese food, like, she can't be part of that. Mm -hmm. But still love me some Chief Vic. Constantly love me some Chief Vic. We love Chief Vic. She's
0: obviously like the authority figure, but I don't know. She treats people, people like equals, you know, she never, she's never looking down on anybody.
1: Except for that one time when Lasseter snapped at her and called her Karen.
0: Okay. No, but that was like professionalism. That was like, yeah, it's not like she's, she's going around in society, looking down on people like maybe Lasseter does sometimes.
1: (laughs) Okay. So maybe need to change. Amanda's character reference.
0: I don't know. I've still got a crush on her, so. (laughs) Um,
1: I've heard it both ways, so. (laughs) Well, thank you all for joining us for this very special guest star episode of Psych. Wait, of To the Blueberry. (laughs) I am Alexis. Do you think I wanted to pick up my phone at 2 a.m. and hear his voice all gravely and masculine? Probably called from the hotel, maybe just got out of the shower or finished with a swim, dripping wet. And I'm
0: Kaylee. Sean, a year from now, you're not going to be working for the SBPD.
2: And I'm Amanda, and I have over 85 buffalo nickels, Sean.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And this has been... To the Blueberry! Blueberry! Psych
0: out.